Welcome to The Organisational Inclusionist. I'm your host, Grace Masuro. In this podcast series, we'll be delving deep into the pressing issues surrounding equality, diversity and inclusion in both the workplace and the broader world. My goal is to foster understanding, inspire change and amplify the voices of those advocating for a more inclusive and equitable society. Throughout this series, I'll be engaging in candid discussions with leaders, experts, activists and changemakers from various fields. We'll explore the challenges, successes and evolving landscapes of equality, diversity and inclusion. From dismantling systematic biases to promoting equal opportunities for all, we'll touch on a broad range of topics. But we won't stop at discussing problems, we'll actively seek out solutions and actionable steps to drive positive change. Our aim is to inspire and empower you, our listeners, to take an active role in making the world a better place for everyone. This is The Organisational Inclusionist. Let's get started. Today we're joined by Joanne Penny, CEO and founder of Ampop Your Voice, a progressive anti-racism and diversity, equity and inclusion consultancy and author of The Roadmap to Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, a guide on how to take positive action and drive inspirational change. Joanne, thank you so much for joining me today in tribute to Black History Month and saluting our sisters. We instantly clicked when we met a few weeks ago, and one of the things we discussed when we met was about the need for more support from our sisters in business. It was such a powerful discussion that I felt it imperative to get on a podcast episode. But before we get stuck in, I'd love it if you could please tell our listeners who Joanne Penny is and a bit more about your new book. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grace, and thank you for having me on the podcast. My name is Joanne Penny and I'm the CEO and founder of Amp Up Your Voice, which is an anti-racism and a diversity, equity and inclusion consultancy, which really means we work with brands and businesses who are authentically on their journey to diversify, to increase representation in their workplace and ensure diverse voices are authentically being heard. And we do that through a range of mediums. So providing expert consultancy on a retain- on retainer basis, we create and roll out DEI strategies or EDI strategies, whatever acronym it is that you use. That is a whole nother conversation, right? And executive mentoring and coaching. So again, those who are really working out like Are we getting our journey right? Do we have longevity? Are we creating impact? Can we measure that impact and those outcomes? And finally, those who also are navigating systemic barriers to success in terms of that mentoring and coaching piece. And then I'm a culture writer. So I write about all things about culture. I um, write for a social media platform called Millennial Femme, and it's all about empowering black women and being collaborative and and working together and that's really amp up your voice and and what we're what we're doing in the space did you want me to talk about my book yes please right so as I said I'm a writer and I thought that actually there was a gap in the market in terms of those in the corporate space who wanted a tangible practical toolkit on EDI so I have written the roadmap to diversity equity and inclusion and really it's um it's it's an, it's my voice it's my narrative but also giving really practical um techniques and ideas in terms of how to authentically um d- diversify and ensure that equity in the workplace and particularly for leaders like what are some of the things that we can be doing how do we change processes how do we look at our recruitment how do we do data metrics you know how do our demographic feel essentially so yeah the book is on the amp up your voice website and yeah that's that's uh, me for now 
Amazing. Thank you, Joe. All right. So we're both black women in the EDI space. And and that's why I think this conversation is, is so important, because we essentially are offering a very similar service in the market, but we are still really supportive of each other's work and of each other, which is why we're here today. But we're both black women in the EDI space and career women in general with some similar lived experiences. Can you share why you think the conversation we're about to have today is so important? Yeah, the theme for Black History Month this year is saluting our sisters. And I was so happy to hear this theme because, you know, it's what we talk about all the time. Representation counts and you cannot aspire to be what you can't see. Mm -hmm. And actually, Black women aren't particularly promoted, supported or collaborated with in a way that other women are. And actually, it's really important that we do that work together, that we do support each other and help each other. And that visibility for people to see is integral to the EDI conversation. So when I'm doing my training, doing my engagement pieces, and I work with leadership teams up and down the UK and internationally, one of the prevailing comments that always comes out is that we can't find the talent. Mm -hmm. The talent is absolutely out there. And I think, you know, even COVID has just been demonstrative of how Black women excel and how entrepreneurial we are. But there, there are these barriers that are present that we still need to break down. And I think that's the point of this conversation, that recognition that those barriers do exist, that the talent is out there, and how we work together to make sure that we all win. Because when you win, I win. When I win, we all win, right? Exactly. I love that. What unique challenges do you think Black women face in, in the business world that necessitate a focus on support and collaboration? We just don't get it. We just don't get what we deserve. So in terms of even if you're looking at like funding, um, Extend Ventures, they did a study over a 10-year period looking at um, uh, uh, people who are getting seeding funding and black women got 0.02% of that funding so when we're talking about systemic barriers that's the type of thing we're talking about yes it is the conversations in the office and it is the microaggressions that impact us but if you're looking at that business world that corporate world we have to break down a lot of barriers well there are a lot of barriers to be broken down it's not all our responsibility absolutely I think speaking from my perspective obviously my consultancy is is quite new it's, it's about seven months old and one of the things that I've really struggled with is finding out the things that I don't know and feeling scared to ask questions to my sisters in some instances out of fear of being rejected or them not wanting to support because of you know the fear of well if I help you you're now my competition you know that is a really unique challenge is you know I could own all of that and be like actually that's my issue that's my fear I need to break out of that but then there's also examples of where some of us will have asked for help from people or women that look like us hoping that actually you know when you win I win and vice versa but that's not necessarily a reciprocated view and you know one of the biggest challenges as well that I think we have and and, you know, history shows this is that black people in general don't necessarily have the connections that white people have in terms of, you know, experience of business, in terms of experience of how to get funding, um, how to use tech even to some to some extent. And that is a massive challenge is how do we change that? How do we get the same access? How do we get that equity for founders and, and for business owners, but black female 
business owners in particular? Yeah, I mean, what I've seen is an absolute rise in events and um, Black women holding spaces for um, other Black women. And the power of network is undeniable. You know, going to your point of the fact that we are not as connected, we don't have as many people advocating for us. We, and that's why I'm really strong on the mentoring and coaching because you, we need sponsors. We need people who are in positions of influence and power, who are able to use their privilege to advocate for those who are experiencing barriers, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, but the, the, you know, we went to the Hustle & Hills event, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? I mean, what an amazing event. And so many sisters there and so many people, you know, connecting and networking. So I think those spaces are, are really integral to this. But I think there's also being strategic in terms of identifying who are going to be those people who can sponsor you and who can advocate for you. I've always had people in my career who have you know, advocated for me, pushed me, got me into rooms. And that's really why I'm where I am now, yeah. um, because of those people. And that's what we need to learn to do for each other. So going back to what you were saying about really it's a scarcity mindset because of the historical context where we're all fighting for our positions and dealing with these barriers often it's we tend to we can tend to work in silos or think oh this is mine and I'm you know I'm going to make a success of it but actually you know the amp up your voice values are really about collaboration you know the power of network how do we amplify the voices and lift the voices of others and take them with us because yeah. there's so much power in working together. There is no power in working on your own. Just vibe with the natural synergy of someone. You don't always have to go in that room wanting something or, or wanting to take away something, but just be who you are and actually things will naturally come, come your way as well. Absolutely. Can you share some examples of successful Black women in business who have supported each other? Can you share examples of successful Black women in business who have supported each other and the impact that had on their ventures? Well, if we take our recent example in terms of hustle and hills jen and jay the founders what they managed to achieve in terms of that event alone standalone was incredible but actually what they did was bring all of, you know lots of black businesses black women together on in that event and actually the march muses were there march muses who won um dragon's investment from dragon's den who have beautiful black christmas decorations they were there promoting all these other businesses getting the people to moderate the talks be on the panels they was supporting in a very authentic way all of those black businesses and there was I think that's why it was so successful there was so much power in that room how do you feel success stories like the hustle and heels event contribute to changing perceptions and encouraging collaboration amongst black women in business I think it's refreshing to really see black women thriving and being being CEOs being entrepreneurs you know, smashing it out the park with their amazing idea, their innovative ideas, and you know, having all these businesses because that's not always been the perception. To be a successful black woman was kind of a, an anomaly, um, and so actually now it's like you know, again, going back to our point earlier, the talent is absolutely there. We have so much talent; it's just not tapped into or retained, or we're not attracted to attractive to certain businesses but I think all of these success stories are changing those perceptions you know increasing that visibility really helps with um representation and and propelling other people's careers 
And you know, when I do my my engagement pieces, I always talk to people about seeing people as individuals rather than as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you can really tap into who people really are. So I think, you know, these success stories all contribute to that narrative. Definitely. So I've been really lucky to have some great mentors in my career. So one of them being an amazing woman called Abby, who mentored me very early on in my career. And I know how important that was for me personally. How can mentorship and allyship play a role in fostering a culture of uplifting amongst Black women? As you know, I'm an absolute fan of mentorship and and allyship. And we touched on it before in terms of who are those people that can advocate for you in that get you into rooms where you not necessarily are invited to, that are in positions of influence, who are in positions of power, that can help you grow your career. And then mentors, I think, are really about growing as a person, particularly as black women. We do need to be able to have conversations with people that we aspire to, that are inspiring, that will help us in an often um, triggering and sometimes traumatic world, conversation, workplace. So it's really important to have people that are going to lift you up as well, support you, just vibe with you. You know, I mentor loads of people, and you know, just to hear their stories, they'll email, email me and say, oh my God, Joe, I've done this. I've just worked with Google. I, you, it's from your mentoring. You know, this is, we've worked on this together. All of that is power. And all of that is success. And all of that is amazing. So I always say to everybody, if you are really trying to climb your career, then focus on sponsorship. If you need that support, I, I think that's a mentor. And then people can be a combination of the two, right? So you can get the skill set from both of them. But I think it's really important for us to have those people around us because we are dealing with a lot of issues that other people aren't. Absolutely. I also think for people listening, thinking, well, how do I get a sponsor or a mentor? There are people that you aspire to be like at some point or that you think you could learn from. Ask the question. It's highly unlikely they'll say no, unless they really don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) then you have to question what you've done but traditionally when you ask someone to mentor you that is the greatest honor that someone can receive we just need to get a bit more confident in doing it I think when I lost my job to racial discrimination and they asked me to sign an NDA and they gave me a, a financial package one of the things I tell everybody and I don't know how I did this because I was completely blindsided, both professionally and personally. So I was not in a good space. But I managed to negotiate in that package a business mentor and she saved me. And she was a white woman, Emma, but she absolutely saved me. And we walked through from where I was to starting Amp Up Your Voice and what, what I wanted to do. And she genuinely, she still comes to all of my events. We talk, you know, we speak periodically, but she literally saved me in that situation. So thank you, Emma. And, you know, just for everyone listening, like you like you said, I've never said no to anyone who's asked me to be their mentor. So I think it's, yeah, but mentoring is free, by the way. Yeah. It's a little bit different in the corporate environment. I think you do need some money behind that. I have, I've also had kind of amazing mentors from different backgrounds as well. So at various stages of my career as well. And they have been so powerful in giving me different insight. Um, So I would encourage people as well to think about, obviously you do need that sisterhood and getting a mentor that understands your journey is really important, but there's nothing stopping you from having more than one mentor. So if you think there is value in having a few, 
I definitely encourage that from my experience. Yeah, and I'd like to shout out. I had another. I, I always have mentors. So um, after Emma, I had another mentor called Joe Valentina Sinclair, and she's a black woman, and she's very spiritual and soulful. And she mentored me for for a good year, actually, um, leading up to amp up your voice as well. So I think it is also important to have that representation and, and people who understand your journey as a black woman as well. But like you said, you can have several people. So when we initially discussed this topic, we talked about the scarcity mindset, which you briefly mentioned, that can sometimes hold black women back from supporting each other in business. Can you share your view on that, please? Yeah, it, it is what it says on the tin. It's the scarcity mindset. It's being scared to lose something. And it's a negative mindset. So you're scared that you're going to something is going to be taken away from you if you're helping others or collaborating with others or lifting others because you're holding on to whatever it is that you have. And actually, there is a really, like I said, a negative mindset because actually you're in a minus you're you're working by yourself you're rolling by yourself and actually like we've been saying the whole of this conversation there's so much power in having a growth mindset where you you know establishing identifying where you can help others where you can work together where you can collab on things makes you hugely successful but so you know for me and it's quite obvious obvious when people practice a scarcity mindset they're very insular they don't want to share information or knowledge. They might just take a disliking to you for no apparent reason. Um, all of those things are practicing a scarcity mindset. And I think that does hold a lot of um, black women back. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons that I was really keen for us to get this session on, because I see black women, our sisters doing some amazing pieces of work internationally. Mm. And there's so much that we can learn from each other. And, and I get where the scarcity mindset comes from. You know, we haven't had the access that we have today for very long. And it takes yeah. getting used to. It takes getting used to what it feels like to be present in those rooms, to hear those conversations, to have that access. And when you're in rooms where most of the time you might be the only black woman in a senior leadership team, for example, there can be that feeling that I can't let anyone else in this room because there, there's only space for one of us. And if I let somebody else in that might mean that I'm kicked out and I talk about this a lot about you know experiences of us sometimes getting into rooms and like shutting and padlocking that door behind us like I'm in no one else can enter until I'm ready to leave we need to get out of that mindset there's so much power like you said in collaboration in having each other's backs and raising each other up celebrating each other's work because we all have very different networks as well so if you're sharing your knowledge and your information and you're connecting with new women and, and new black women and sisters and saluting them you're then getting exposure to a completely different network as well so you know I'm always really big on on what's in it for us like you know what people always want to know what's in it for them and I think that is a massive thing that's in it for them not only do you get the reward of knowing that you've supported a sister and you've saluted a sister but you also could end up benefiting, you know, business wise because of that that new sister in your life and their network or their way of life or how they think and what you can learn from them. So I really encourage that as sisters, we just we do better. Some of us are doing some amazing stuff. Like I'll shout you out, Joe, because the first time I met you, 
you came and found me kind of queuing for some food and just started talking to me, which for someone who I'm quite socially awkward sometimes. So for me, that was massive. But you were so warm. You were so honest. You were really transparent about what you're doing. Even when I told you that I was working in a similar space, you were still so encouraging and so warm. And that's why I wanted us to have this conversation, because I think that you know, as black women, we need to see more of that. We need to see women embracing each other and supporting each other. There is so much business in the world. Like There is nothing that's going to take away what's meant to be yours. And I think we more of us need to see things that way is if it's meant for me, it will be for me. And if it's not meant for me, then it won't be for me. Absolutely. And just holding the joy and the positivity that comes from being able to do that with your sisters, right? Like we have quite a few Amp Up Your Voice events. I can't tell you the amount of people that have met and women and black women that have met at my events and have gone off to work together and I'm cheering on from the sidelines. I'm like, yes, exactly. this together, doing that together. Because you know what? It always comes around. It always comes around. You have to have that energy. Like you have to give that energy to get it back. And I always find it always comes back around to me because I genuinely want people to be their best. I genuinely, mm-hmm. like when we met, I'm just like, who's this woman? She looks amazing. I love her hair. And then we <laughs> told me you were doing EDI. I was like, what? We need to do something. Like, you know, I felt so inspired and, you know, it speaks to my personality, you know, who I am as a person anyway. But I think, yeah, if we can practice that a lot more, then, you know, we're also really strong together. And that helps to have those safe spaces and, and to lift each other up. Um, you know, I've had uh, black women shut me down or, or, you know, to do awful things because I've said, oh, can, you know, can you share an example of maybe some of the stuff that's gone on on your business that maybe we can use for amp up your voice? Mm. And that's created a whole thing. And I'm I'm always really taken aback. So I'm like, oh, I didn't, I don't understand. I don't understand why sharing and like you said, being collaborative, sharing that information, that knowledge, why that's a negative. I really yeah. don't get it. And I could give you so many examples of black, like black women who have that padlock swinging and they're ready to <laughs> shut that door. But for me, it's about that long-term journey. Look at the, you know, the gold standard where we want to be and then think about how we're going to get there. Because often we can see where we want to be, but the reality of what it takes is very, very different. So I would just yeah, salute all our sisters and say, come on, let's get this. We can do this together. Absolutely. I had uh, an interview a few years back for a role and um, the person that was interviewing me, he was this amazing guy who I'd met before. I think we'd had like a first interview, brilliant guy, just really warm, really passionate about what he does, about what he yeah. wanted to do with the team. And he invited me for a second interview And he also invited a black woman. He was a white man. He invited a black woman just so that he could make it an inclusive panel. And it was, you know, I thought that was brilliant. I was like, I love that, you know, inclusivity is brilliant. Um, And I turned up for the interview and from walking into the room, I could tell that there was an issue. Mm. Not from his perspective, but from the uh, black woman's perspective that was there to support for the interview. He asked me some brilliant questions, like really getting to know me and who I was, what I'd bring to the table, etc. And one of the things that I love, I love interviews, I think, and I say this to everyone when I'm coaching people, I'm like, 
don't be nervous at interviews. How often do you get to sit in a room and talk about yourself, sometimes for an hour, and yeah. people actually listen? Like they want yeah, to. <laughs> I, I love that. So yeah. I, I love I, interviews too, by the way. <laughs> so I love interviews. I always do really well in interviews. Yeah. But every answer that I gave in this interview, he loved the answers. He was really positive. But the lady that was there supporting would ask kind of contentious questions mm. to almost um, trip me up or to kind of, you know, rile me up a little bit. Mm. And I could see what she was doing. So my responses were always really measured. But there came a point at the interview, and I always I always believe interviews are a two, they should be a two-way thing. So they're yes. not just about the company that's interviewing you deciding if they want you. They're also about you deciding if you want to work for that company. And they came to a point in that interview based on the interaction that I was having with the black woman in the interview that I decided I can't work here. I can't, I can't work with In the interview, you, you knew, yeah. I knew because for some reason she seemed like she didn't want me in her space, in that space with her. And she was the only black woman in, in the senior leadership. And um, I could just tell that she wasn't ready for me to enter that space with her. And I was really comfortable with that because I also believe life is really short. And if you're going to do anything, be happy doing it. And yeah. I wasn't about to leave where I was to go into a space where I wasn't wanted. So I left that interview feeling sick, actually, because I was like, mm. that was horrible. I, mm. you know, the man that interviewed me was amazing. To this day, I still respect him and I think he's brilliant. But I felt sick from the way that I was made to feel by yeah. a woman that I should have been able to look up to. And when I got the feedback from the agency that sent me for the interview, they said he absolutely loved you. But he asked the woman that interviewed with him for her thoughts and she said she wasn't sure you were ready wow and that blew my mind and broke my heart all at the same time Joanne because I'd sensed it in the interview if they'd offered me the job I would have I would have turned it down based on that interaction yeah but to hear that feedback directly not not only affirm that my doubts were right in mm. that didn't want me in that space but it broke my heart because we should never be doing that to each other you know as, as women and I'm a mum you know to a beautiful black black daughter and my aspiration in doing the work that I do now is that when she's ready to enter the world of work it looks very very different to the way yeah. it looked when I entered and I think that's why conversations like the one we're having today are so important as well because I absolutely love black women like I love them me too to the max yeah. And I but I do know that as black women to get to where we are destined to get to and to be what we should be to each other, we need to have more of these conversations and we we need to get better at calling each other out on it and challenging each other in the same way we talk about calling out instances of racism or discrimination. Mm. Let's get a bit more comfortable with calling out or calling in our sisters when we need to do better but I think as what you just said is it's really hard to articulate when it's happening and mm -hmm. I think we're always blindsided because we don't expect it you don't expect yeah. it from a black woman you expect from on a very basic level you and I both have an understanding of who we are where we are now and how we've got there and mm -hmm. what we've got to look forward to and some of the barriers that we will be experiencing in the future 
that's just from the basics you know let alone all the other stuff and like you said you knew the energy in the room but it's I always find it hard I don't want want to put words in your mouth but I always find it hard to articulate when that's happening so I'm like is this really happening am I sure this is happening and like you said once you've heard the interview feedback then it it you know confirms that you, you you were right but I do think you, you, we do need to get better and better understanding when it's happening. Like you said, confidence to call that out. Um, but it's a very tricky landscape. It's very difficult to navigate. It is. In what ways do you think black women can navigate systematic barriers and biases in the business world while also supporting one another? Because when we talk about that scarcity mindset, mm. it's a learned mindset. <clears throat> it's come from the systematic barriers and biases that we faced up until now and still face to a certain extent. So what ways do you think we can navigate those barriers and biases to effectively support each other in the future? I think it's really about the business have to work out whether there's systemic barriers and biases, and they are the ones that need to address, dismantle, deconstruct any bias or discrimination or racism that is manifested within their space. I think on a people level for black women, you know, like you said, navigating those systemic barriers it's about support. It's about, you know, providing the, those safe spaces where we can have honest conversations, like you just said, share experiences to work out how to tackle issues going forward. All of those things together make you very um, powerful. So I think it's, it is about how that interaction, that personal interaction and supporting and lifting each other up you know, and having those conversations, essentially. What steps do you think can be taken to create a more inclusive dialogue around saluting and supporting our sisters in business? I, th- I mean, for um, Amp Up Your Voice, I forgot to mention in the beginning that I'm actually a, a speaker as well. So I do quite big talks for um, you know wide audiences and they seem to be very impactful in terms of creating a more inclusive dialogue. So actually, you get all the people in the business one they've got the representation of me and a black woman standing there in front of them saying all this stuff so that's the first step and then that's like it's that engagement piece and I think those events and that networking and that understanding of people and that interaction rather than you know like I was saying before you know sometimes if we see people as groups then actually those stereotypes are coming out far you know thick and fast Actually, if we see people as, people as individuals, it makes us really able to mitigate our bias and understand where we might you know, challenge our perceptions and understand where we might be holding some stereotypes. So I think, yeah, the steps, I mean, they're quite practical steps, but having those talks, having those engagement pieces, holding those events where everybody is included and invited. And actually, that's that's quite a hot topic at the moment with a lot of clients that I'm working with is like we're having all these events but actually recognize that sometimes they're not inclusive we might have loads of alcohol there or you know we're not catering for working parents or there's no disability access so they're having to really think in more granular detail how do we make it inclusive so it's not just having a conversation on EDI. it's tangible steps uh, that you can take as an organization or as a person to create that change and that change movement. I think for entrepreneurs, especially, you know, black female entrepreneurs, you know, one of the things that I've struggled with is getting, you know, information, like basic things, like, you know, how do I use Zoom effectively? 
you know, for mm. certain types of things, like really basic things. And I know that one of the things that has really benefited me is having a sister circle of entrepreneurs that I can contact with those really basic questions. And I think, you know, one of the big things that I'm really keen to see in this space is more Black female networks of entrepreneurs that, you know, offer mentorship, offer support, because, you know, mentorship could look, it could look and feel different for every single person. It doesn't necessarily need to be an older person mentoring a younger person, for example. And it also doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, a call for an hour every single week each mentor has different needs but I think seeing more mentorship programs or mentorship offers from sisters in the business world would be amazing and and there may well be some already that I'm just not aware of so if there are any and to any listeners that think actually we've got loads please do let me know like you know send me a dm or drop me a comment as part of this this post but I just love to see more of that there's so much we can learn from each other absolutely you know it's just about learning from each other so I think you're right it's like how do you do that in a way that's um, comfortable that's enjoyable that's inspiring that's supportive Um, I do see quite a lot popping up so I will I will send you some as well but I always find that sometimes they're a bit, they're quite sort of niche. And it's like, how do we connect them all together? So you, it's almost like a membership, but you have to get in. Yeah. I don't know if you found that. Um, I find that like, they're very sector orientated, like yeah. black women in tech, for tech. example. Mm. And I'm not in tech, but I'm I'm not being funny. I've gotten to the point now where I'll just rock up anyway. <laughs> I'm a seasoned event goer. You know, I'm here. Let's yeah. talk about tech. <laughs> I can do Zoom. <laughs> you know, I can't do Zoom. Talk to me about that. Let me yeah, I um, so yeah, I'd just love to see more of that. So I feel like we've given some already, but I like to end each episode with a call to action for anyone listening that identifies with what we've talked about what actionable steps can listeners take to actively support and uplift black women in business going forward so I think in terms of actionable steps and uplifting black women in business really thinking about you you know how you show up on a day-to-day basis and how you professionally engage the people within your business that need support they're like we're all time precious so you know sometimes it's really easy just to go to the same people who's going to the juicy conferences who's doing the talk who's going been invited to the networking event you know we're saying are we sending the same people out over and over again or are we representative are we looking at people's careers and, and working out how we can support them in a, in a very practical way um to, to climb those careers and and thinking about in your position of of influence and power how do you use that to advocate for others? So one of the things I think is also really key is if you see people, if you are in a room of power or um, or influence and you see there's underrepresentation, then how do you get those people into those rooms? How do you have the confidence to navigate that conversation and actually step up and call it out and say, we need representation here? So really thinking about, you know, on the ground, those sort of issues, I think that will really start to create that, you know, authentic, inclusive dialogue. Absolutely. I think my call to action to individuals would be that, you know, we've talked about a few instances of where we may have experienced not necessarily the most positive interactions with one another. Um, mm. And we've also talked about where we've we've had amazing ones. So we've had we've got or have had some amazing black women mentor and support us over our careers. Yeah. But I think my biggest call to action to kind of black women listening to this is don't let your past 
engagements dictate your future interactions. Mm. And that's something that I've had to really work against as well, is not allowing previous negative experiences to stop me from reaching out or asking for help or connecting. Mm. Is actually letting those biases go and those previous, previous experiences go and not allowing them to hold you back from building new relationships. And similarly, you know, if you've ever been a black woman who maybe hasn't made space for another black woman in a room, appreciating that for yourself and just committing to doing better and doing differently in the future would be my biggest call to action. We're all learning this, you know, the progress we've made over the last few years has been amazing. And I've witnessed it as a millennial, but there's still so much more that we can do and we need each other to do that. Absolutely. That was a fantastic call to action. I love it. Thank you. Joe, I have really, really enjoyed this conversation. I love that we met um, and I love that, you know, we will be doing things together in the future. But just thank you so much for being available for this conversation and just adding so much value to it. Um, I think the more that we have conversations like this, the more we as women, as black women, as women of colour will come together so that we can be in a space where we aren't just saluting each other on theme, theme months like this Black History Month where theme is saluting our sisters but we are consistently saluting each other and raising each other up and supporting each other and I really encourage everyone to go out and get Joe's book and drop any comments or thoughts that you have thank you so much again Joe it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much and thank you for starting off this conversation and having that transparency because I think that's hugely important and until the next time but thank you so much this podcast is brought to you by Acquaintance Consulting we'd love it if you could take a minute at the end of this podcast to follow subscribe whichever is easier or available for you on the platform that you're listening to us on we're really keen to grow this channel and really impact equality diversity and inclusion across the world and with your support we can do just that 